2: Mayo 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 experience. Experience. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings, the Masters, picks, preview, course research, and everything that you need to know about the tournament before we get into the nitty gritty of making our final selections, and of course before you fill out your lineups, try to win that money after and when. The tournament actually starts on Thursday. If you missed the DraftKings Breakdown Show, the first, the injuries, everything like that in long form with myself, and Kenny Kim, shame on you. Go download it, go watch it up on Mayo Media Network right now as we talk through all of the tiers of players, our initial thoughts, and how we're going to construct lineups. Me, Feinberg, and Cust on Monday. Me, Rob Pozzola, and Cam Stewart for Best Bets on Tuesday. Then Tambo and myself in studio ...on Wednesday to maybe take your questions, but realistically finalize everything, look at the weather, and try to make our DraftKings lineup. So you want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings? That, I mean, it's easy at the moment. It's not going to be easy very soon. It's down in the description, the Pat Mayo Experience Listener's League. $15 to play, 3 max entry, no rake! That means there's over $100,000 of rake-free, guaranteed money in the prize pool. Now... It's Saturday, as I record this, and it's already half full. So those spots are going to fly. They're flying off the shelf already. So go get your spot in the best tournament on DraftKings for the Masters right now. Turn $15 into $7,500. And hey, it's not like one of those tournaments where if you're not first, you're basically last. No, no. Flat payouts all the way down the list. So let's get that filled right now. Or if you just want to start a new chapter in the one and done, you're out for the race for the Mayo Cup. It's fine. Go to fantasygolfchampionships.com, link down in the description right now, and there's a $100, $50, and $25 major season one and done. Great way to get some of your money back and have something new and a fresh start to go into for the rest of the golf season, or if you missed out on the big one and done, this is a way to get into a smaller one and done, and the payouts are still pretty solid, so fantasygolfchampionships.com for that right now. I would also highly recommend that you subscribe to the newsletter because I'm giving away $600 in cash, over $400 in prizes, and we're probably going to be adding some throughout the course of the week. So, the best way to do it, there's a bunch of ways to get ballots. Like, if you sub to Mayo Media Network on YouTube right now after smashing the like button, well, you, you have a ballot in the draw. If you subscribe to the newsletter, completely free by the way, down in the description, you can find all of this info in short form and not have to hear me yammer on about it. But That also gives you five ballots into the draw. The way you can get the most ballots into the draw is subscribing to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. That's easy stuff on Apple or Spotify or wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. But you need to leave it a five-star rating, something you enjoy about the show, and your Twitter handle, email, whatever that might be. If you've done it before, do it again to bump yourself up to the top of the list. And I'm throwing more money in the pot if we can get over 200 new reviews on Apple. If you do Spotify, it's hard to leave a review. So you can just rate it five stars, screenshot me on Twitter at the PME. You follow me on Twitter, boom. You're a new follower, you're in the ballot. Easy stuff. So there's lots of ways to get your hands on some of this money. We'll be announcing the winners on Wednesday's show with Tambo, and hopefully by then we've increased the pot to $2,000, depending on how much more money and prizes people want to put into everything. But... I wanted to let you know how you can play in the best tournament, go to fantasynational.com slash mayo, how I'm doing my walkthrough, get you 20% off, those are all the deals, the giveaways, the ways that you can win free money, but what we need to do is figure out how we're going to win the money at Augusta National, so we can all win, together with an outright bet, or maybe we can all win a different DraftKings tournament, because there's three millionaire makers on DraftKings this week. if That's your jam. So let's talk about it. The Masters this year, there are 89 qualified players as of this moment in the tournament, which starts on Thursday. But one more player can add his name to the list if they win the Valero Texas Open. If someone previously in the tournament wins, well, then there's no more spots. It's going to be capped at 89. So max 90 players. In the tournament this week top 50 in ties make the cut there is no within 10 strokes of the lead rule anymore the covid november masters got rid of that they never brought it back so still over half the field is going to end up making the cut uh probably more than that once we get to like top 55 top top 60 when people start tying inside the top 50 so the six of six percentage at the masters generally is very high on DraftKings, so it's not so much about getting your guys through the cut line it's about finding the guys who are a you need the winner probably need second and you need that six thousand low seven thousand dollar player who is going to finish inside the top 10 of drafting scoring that's the only feasible path that you can find to the top of the leaderboard in these gigantic contests so keep that in mind when you're thinking about oh Bernhard Langer he's killing it on the champions tour oh he was top 10 here seven years ago it's like that that's fine and everything like that, but you need DraftKings scores. If an old guy makes the cut at $6,100 and comes T-51, you're dead anyway. It's like having a guy miss the cut because it's just not going to do you any good. So keep that in mind when you're putting everything together for your lineups this week. So let's talk about the course. Augusta National, it has been lengthened this year. It was 7,430 yards. It is now 7,000, or 7,500 Sorry and 10 yards playing even longer on some of these days it's a par 72 bent grass greens and there's not really a need for an in-depth breakdown of the course if you've made the leap to search out this video you probably know enough about the masters to begin with but i can give you a general overview if you are a first-timer if you're a first-timer remember those audio pods those reviews are just waiting for themselves you can find all that info down in the description and especially in the newsletter get your five ballots into the draw by subscribing to that it's completely free and you'll get all this info sent to you right away so highly recommend that you go do that so It plays longer than the 7,510 yards anyway because there's so much elevation shift across the course. And there's really no rough on the ground, so it gives a lean to those who have extra distance off the tee because the fairways are also incredibly wide and incredibly generous. And even if you do put it in the pine straw, there's a lot of ways that you can get creative and get the ball out of there. We've seen a lot of creative players over the years, be it Reed or Spieth or Cam Smith or Bubba Watson, I mean, Camp Smith hasn't won this event, the other three guys have, but they're all very creative players when it comes to getting themselves out of trouble. So that's always going to be a benefit, because eventually things are going to go awry at Augusta National. Whether you want it to happen or not, history has proven um, that the ability to contend is not essentially a long drive contest but it is the path of least resistance and it makes the path to Eagles and birdies, especially on the par fives far less resistant. We're thinking about DraftKings scoring just because your guy finishes in 10th place. That's great and everything. That doesn't mean he's going to finish top 10 in DraftKings scoring. We saw someone like Victor Hovland a few years ago. I think he tripled the first hole. He finished outside the top 20 but I think he finished 9th in DraftKings points because he made a hole in one. He had a bunch of birdie streaks. Made a bunch of Eagles trying to rally back. He just happened to make a bunch of bogeys. Not great for his outright Odds great for his DraftKings scoring. So, the high scoring players you should probably keep in mind going through. Think about someone like Patrick Reed. He's not someone who's really known for his driving prowess, but he did gain over three strokes off the tee with his driver the year that he'd won. He'd only gained more than that in two starts previous over the two years. So, it really did a lot for him that way. Tiger didn't gain a ton the year that he won, he gained like a stroke and a half off the tee. But he did gain over nine strokes on approach. So approach plus driving, driving a bit more of a lean than you'll see at your regular course. There's different ways that you can get around Augusta National. Um, and I, I don't want to make it sound like this course is easy because it's not at all. There have been changes to three holes over the past two years. Last year, before the event, two of the holes got changed. Number 11 scraped most of the trees from the right-hand side of the hole and left just three trees. Now guys got caught behind them, which really sucked, but it did make 11 a little bit easier and the par 5 15th the one that goes over the water was lengthened by 20 yards this year at Augusta National we have another change this time to the very easy par 5 number 13th it has been lengthened. By 35 yards up to 545 yards up from 510 from last year. And the early chatter is this was from some of the live guys like Bubba Watson who said he was having to take like three iron or four iron to a second shot over Rays Creek. I think that one's Rays Creek. Yeah, that one's Rays Creek. Now, the race creek in front of 12. I can't remember if it's the same one or not. Who knows? You have to hit it over water. It's not like the most penal water in the world. Even if you do go in it, you can still get it up and down for power pretty easily. But if you're trying to attack in two, the longer irons are going to come into play a little bit more than we've seen. Overall, when we take a look at the structure of the course, the average par three distance is 186 yards, but it's a little bit deceiving because one of them super short and number four is 240 yards, whereas the other three check in below 200. Uh, none of them are. easy, all posting bogey or worse rates north of 20%, but hole number 4 is completely different. The bogey or worse rate is nearly 5 times the birdie rate from last year, so if you can get through number 4, chances are you're probably going to have a pretty good round, especially if you can birdie. It's like getting two shots on the field. There are 10 par 4s average distance over 150 yards, 6 of them in between 440 and 465. Six of the 7 toughest holes on the course are par 4s, and 2 of them will be staring you in the face when you start the back 9 number 10 and number 11 number 11 will kill you over time and the par fives the average distance is a little bit higher uh, all of them now at least 550 yards hole number 13 was normally the shortest one but again that one has really increased its length it did carry an eagle rate of 3.2 percent that's going to go down as of this year so it's still going to it was the easiest hole on the course we'll see if it remains the easiest hole on the course i'm guessing that it will But I will wager that fewer greens under regulation are going to be hit. And we're probably not going to have the bounty of eagle opportunities that we normally see at Augusta National. So let's jump over to FantasyNational.com right now and check out the field for the Masters. I have the DraftKings pricing loaded in. If you go to DraftKingsSportsBook.com, all of the odds are in there already. However... I would wait at least until the reset on Monday morning to make any sort of wager. Everyone is completely overvalued in the market at the moment. You can even see when you go to the drop down menu and we go to the DraftKings Sportsbook odds overall, just like seven to one, seven to one, eight and a half to one for Rory, Scheffler, and Rahm. Maybe one of those guys sticks at 7 to 1, but like, you know, the difference between a 7 to 1 and an 850, let's say Scheffler drops down to plus 850, or they both drop down to 8 to 1, it's a pretty significant difference if you have to go to, to bet the very top of the board. And then it's generally normalized a little bit in this like 16 to 20 range. Although at the same time, you're probably not going to see Dustin Johnson at 25 to 1. He'll probably drop to 30. Morikawa is almost most definitely not sticking at 22. He'll probably be 30 at some point. And these guys in the mid range, like is Will Zalatoris, who's currently injured, going to be 35 to 1? No, he's probably going to be like 50 to 1 or something like that. It's just as the lead into the tournament goes, they don't normally adjust the odds until the Monday before. So unless you see something that is a glaring value, chances are in 95% of the cases, you will either get the same or better number. the reset so keep that in mind before you get all antsy watch this video like oh i need to bet that guy or that guy just give it a sec take a breath wait until at least monday morning for these odds to normalize just a little bit If you want to get the max value, hey, listen, I don't want to stop you from wagering on anything. That's most definitely what they are not paying me to do. In the Masters DraftKings pricing list, uh, to go through a few of the DraftKings trends from the past few years, last year, five golfers north of 85 DraftKings points, and four of them were amongst the eight most expensive in terms of the pricing. Uh, the Hideki Masters in 2021 was really weird. Basically, you needed two-year golfers with a price sum around $17.50 to do heavy lifting, whether that was Xander and Rom or Zalatoris, Connors, Rose, and Bobby Mack, And then you needed to have... Decky, Finau, Cam Smith, or Hovland. Two or three of those guys. It was just a very select group of tiers that went up into it. And even all the trends from that year got completely thrown off. So it was just a very weird uh, Masters when you started to look at the trends, all the lead-in form, everything like that. So let's take a look at the tournament history. There's no strokes gained statistics outside of very you know, niche places on the internet that you want to go look. Especially in real time, too. I'm hoping that we're going to get our hands on those again. I'll add those to the newsletter every single night. So one of the reasons to join and subscribe to the newsletters if i can find out the round by round strokes gain metrics i will put those for you in the newsletter and send them out to you along with all of the micropods that we're doing after the rounds uh, to get you ready we have the cut sweat live on friday as well if that's something you want to come and hang out with to look at the past champions obviously scotty scheffler won last year dustin johnson Uh, One in 2020, Uh, let's see, I guess they're both technically the 2021 Masters, because we played the Hideki won the April Masters, Uh, Will Zalatoris was in second, Zalatoris is second and sixth in both of of his appearances lifetime, Uh, and then the November Masters, it was Dustin Johnson beat Cameron Smith, Uh, Dustin was on a killer run at that point. So when we start thinking about some of the lead-in form, you see Scheffler's lead-in form. From a year ago, he was unconscious. He had won three times in his past five starts coming in. The only one that he really took off was the players where he came 55th, two starts previous. But other than that, win, win, seventh, first coming in. Hideki is the weird outlier of all of this. He... Had an all right run coming up to the Masters, but he was 30th the week before at Valero. Didn't get out of his group at the match play. Missed the cut at the players. He did finish top 20 at the workday at concession and in Florida at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. That was fine and everything, but just it doesn't really mesh with what we've seen from past champions. uh, As in -in lead-in forms, whether he's the outlier or we're living in a new norm. Because Dustin, his lead-up, second, sixth, third, second, first, second. It's a pretty good lead up, but the hottest guys coming in, usually they have like three top tens in the course of the year or a win somewhere along with very few missed cuts is generally what you want to be looking for. We'll take a look at Tiger in 2019. You think, oh, well, Tiger was past his prime at that point. He was playing some good golf. He was 20th at Torrey. He was 15th at Riviera, 10th in Mexico, 30th at the players. He came eighth at the match play. So it's not like he had bad lead in form, even Reed. Reed was the first player to win since God knows when. I I didn't even have my numbers go back all of that time. When you take a look at the lead-in form, he was the only player to miss the cut previously at Augusta National and win the next year since at least 2000. And I I think the last one to do it was actually Tiger in like 1996 because he played it in 1995 as an amateur, missed the cut, and I believe he won it in his first year as a pro. So you'd have to go back almost 30 years to find someone who missed the cut the year before and won the next year outside of Patrick Reed, which is pretty crazy to think about. And when we think about Patrick Reed and what his lead in form was like uh, it was you know, pretty good and listen, he went on an absolute heater he almost got caught by Fowler and Spieth on the final day but he was just good enough especially on that first day uh, he was just scoring on all the par 4s scoring on the par 4s is really what's going to separate you from the pack because everyone should be able to score on the par 5s the shorter players maybe not so much but even when you take a look at Danny Willett now he went at minus 5 so that was a bit different like Sergio won at minus 9 in that playoff over Rose Willett was 3 clear of Jordan Spieth by the end of it but that was just a very difficult Masters generally speaking we don't see that although there is some weather in the forecast this week I want to wait until we get closer to the actual event to put any stock into that strokes gained total the past five years at Augusta National Rom DJ Cam Smith Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy are the three best. You see, Scheffler is eighth on that list, although he only has three starts over that time. Will Zalatoris is 11th, and that's only in two starts, a sixth and a second. So, injury concern for some of these guys when we take a look at it. Uh, Hideki seems like he's fine. He's having a good go at the Valero Texas Open right now after withdrawing from the match play. Will Zalatoris? we have no idea. We haven't seen him since he withdrew from the match play with whatever injury he has. He's got a new swing on the go. So I have no idea what to make of Will Zalatoris because at $8,200 on DraftKings, he was shaping up to be one of the more popular players. Has never finished worse than sixth at this event. But since he won last year in Memphis, gets hurt, comes back, starts to play okay, gets hurt again after the... the after everything tails off for him a little bit so I don't really know what to do with Zalatoris at the moment like Hideki in that range is a far more viable option for me especially now that I've seen him play in a tournament he's fine Hatton had hand injury at the match play as well he's $7,900 he missed the cut in Texas but I think he was fine like the opening day he was top 10 in approach he lost like two and a half strokes putting and that's why he had a bad day and then it all kind of went to shit for him on Friday in the worst conditions although he continued to drive the ball really well the approach play just went in the toilet uh and he didn't gain enough on the greens to sustain the cut he missed by a stroke I wouldn't be too worried about Hatton if you were thinking about using Hatton in the first place which I wasn't I don't really like him in this tournament because he hates this course so much and he really does let that get into his head a lot of the times that that wouldn't be where I would be going this week would be Tyrrell Hatton but that's me I mean if you do want to use him and you had a plan to use him and I'm Lord knows he's going to be excellent leverage on the field when it comes to DraftKings ownership. We can take a look at that right now in terms of the ownership projections. Still very early in the week, obviously, because I'm doing this. uh, It's only 2,100 lineups have been generated so far. That's going to be like 20,000, 30,000 by the time that Thursday rolls along. So a lot of these numbers are going to change. But you get an early sense of where people are gravitating towards. No one's really going to Sam Burns, uh, who does not have a very good history. Not now. Sam Burns uh, 0 for 1 at the Masters, I believe, in his career. So again, if you want to use Fantasy National and go through everything, it's fantasynational.com slash mayo to get yourself 20% off any of the levels. You know, he lost a half stroke to the field, ended up missing by a stroke or two in his debut last year. But it's nice that he's actually on the board for playing this because the debut taunts, well, they haven't won since Fuzzy Zeller. And we've seen some guys do pretty well in their debuts. Uh, Spieth ended up coming in second. Zella Torres comes in second. Uh, Guys periodically hop up. Minwoo Lee came 14th last year in his debut. So it's not all like, you know, doom and gloom but you probably don't want to bet on those guys to win uh and there's a few of them in the field this week we can take a look at who some of those guys are let's see who do we have here tom kim sahith tagala taylor moore mito Pereira, kirk katiyama chris kirk is not he hasn't played it in ages ryan fox moronk svenson stallings has uh kazuki higa sam bennett and the amateurs uh, who are all coming in so we have around like 12 13 debutantes in the field this week. And listen, just because the hasn't played, doesn't mean that I don't want to use him. Uh, Although we discussed it a little bit on the drafting show with Ben and Kenny, that if the conditions look like they're going to be really good, I think the is a really nice play. Conversely, if the conditions are kind of bad, I kind of like Kitty Yama a little bit more just based on the way that their styles go ahead. Now, listen, I'm not going to be afraid of Moronk. He might burn me, but I think that he has the required skill set in general to be a player at this event. Uh, he did not do well, obviously, at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. But since he's come over 14th at Honda, at the Genesis, he actually had a pretty good run. Almost made it through the qualifying stage at the match play. So I don't think that we should just be necessarily writing him off. And he's such a good price. That's the only reason that I have the interest that I do in him he's $6,400 I'm going to add him to the star and yes Cameron Champ we need to make a look at I think he actually made the cut this week at the Valero Texas Open which is shocking for Cameron Champ because as you can see he doesn't make a lot of cuts at all But Cameron Champ is someone who has done a lot in his short career at Augusta National. It's kind of crazy to think about. No, he ended up getting cut. He ended up plus two. So he's on the outside looking in. So his recent form coming in, four straight missed cuts. That's always fun to think about. 53rd 53rd at the Farmers. That's great and everything. Can't hit an approach to save his life and then had missed cuts before that. Let's take a look back. He was 10th at the Masters last year. It's not like he had any form. He was. Stroking the ball equally as bad on his approaches, miscut, missed miscut, missed sixty first, sixty seventh, miscut. Like he had no finish inside the top. I guess he had one finish inside the top sixty, none inside the top forty five, until he won the three M Open the year before that during the summer. So the year before we talked about the Masters. So he was tenth last year uh, in two thousand twenty one. He was twenty sixth, I believe that was the November Masters. So let's take a look at that one. Where are you at, the Masters? Oh, no, we've gone too far. We've gone down into 2020, so we don't want to do that. We want to take a look at what he did at the Masters in 2021. So, no, he did not qualify for that one. He qualified for the one in April. So he was 34th, miscut, miscut, 48th, miscut, miscut, miscut. So it's not like his form is any different going into any of these. He did have an 8th at the Zozo, a course where apparently he just plays really well. The tournament he plays really well, because those are two different courses in the different years at the Zozo. But even again, miscut, miscut, 42nd, 8th, 19th at the Masters. There was something about this course, and we have seen this over time, that certain guys, like the only reason that he is in the Masters right now is is because he came top 10 last year, got the automatic berth going through. Nothing would point to him being good this year at the Masters. I don't want to sell you on, oh, there's something that I see from, oh, he quadruple bogeyed the second to last hole. (laughs) That's how he ended up missing the cut at Valero. and Then he came back and eagled the hole that no one gets eagles on. So classic Cameron Champ stuff. But where the fairways are so wide, like... How good he is off the tee with his driving distance just gives him an advantage. And for whatever reason, he can putt at this course. For whatever reason, Corey Connors and Will Zalatoris have figured out the green complexes at Augusta National. How? I have no idea. Why can't they do it anywhere else? Your guess is as good as mine. I do want to take a look before we jump into the modeling at some of the players who maybe have not fared so well at this course. So you can see all the old dudes. They're terrible. Hatton... is to near the bottom end minus 15.45 strokes gain total he's made the cut for those five years one top 20 in his career other than that uh, over the past five years should i say after that no finish better than t44 so not a really great run noren has had two bad ones zach johnson i mean he won back in 2003 or no 2010 now I can't even remember. He won it like plus one or something. It was like such an outrageous one. Uh, Peters has a top five in his career, but he hasn't made the cut in either of his past two trips. Sergio has obviously won. He finally rebounded a little bit last year, but he hasn't done shit since he won in 2017. Three missed cuts. Didn't show up in 2021. It was a T23 last year. Homa finally made his first cut in his third appearance a year ago. Obviously, he's upped himself a level, but it's never really been a good go for Homa. Realistically, if you just bet Homa, at the Wells Fargo and in California, then you're probably pretty good to go. Woodland, Mac Hughes, even Adam Scott. Adam Scott has made the cut every single year, but he's still lost some of the highest amounts of strokes to the field over that time because the finishes just have not been good at all. And you can see his recent form is not good. So far this year, 29th in a field of 40 people. 21st at the Sony, that's not bad. One of the weaker fields of the year. 65th at the Genesis. 31st at the Arnold Palmer. 71st at the Players. Didn't get at a group stage. And the approaches have been really bad at a lot of these terms. The driving's been good. The pun- has been fine, but he's lost the ability to hit the irons, which is a solving itself at Augusta. I guess he's a former champion. Maybe he can find lightning in a bottle. That's all great. Really wouldn't be counting on that from old Adam Scott this time around. So a big part of the process this week, when we think about how we want to do our selections. Obviously, you can't just take all the guys that everyone wants to play. So again, let's kind of shift back to what the ownership was telling us in a lot of these senses. Who are people going to use? Like, Spieth is going to be incredibly popular. Is Cameron Smith going to be incredibly popular? Probably not, unless he wins Live Orlando this weekend, which it doesn't look like he's going to... It looks like Brooks might actually win, which actually is a hilarious monkey wrench into this. But Spieth is going to be highly owned. I would guess that Rom ends up as the lowest... Of the top three, I'll probably go Rory, Sheff, or Rom would be my guess Uh, in that range. I think that Thomas is going to come in lower than expected. As you can see, the calculated ownership is higher, but people just are not generating him in lineups where Spieth is lower than his actual generation because Spieth you can do as first man in or second man in. And frankly, I like Jordan Spieth this week and you can use Jordan Spieth. You don't need to just abstain from using guys who are 20% owned. No, you can use those guys, but you need to find the guy falling through the cracks a little bit in order to make your selections. Like Jason Day, he's going to be very highly owned. I'm pretty sure Cameron Young is going to get to that point as well. Sung Jm. Very highly owned, projected this week. I don't think Hovland is going to be that highly owned. Matsuyama is, yeah, 9%. That tracks for me. Right now, we're projecting Cameron Young at 11%. That's going to be like 15 16%. Corey Connors is going to be super highly owned. Right now, we have him projected at 16.5%, but he's being generated so far in the first 2,000 lineups at a 30% clip. I could see him being the highest owned guy, especially if he wins the Valero Texas Open or finishes inside the top five. And with the history that he has at Augusta National and the recent forum where he's turning it around a little bit, was very good at match play, but got caught up against Cameron Young. Yeah, he's bad at the players. Those are great ball striking numbers at the Arnold Palmer. He has great ball striking numbers this week in San Antonio at the match play. The ball striking was off the charts. So we had a blip at the Genesis, a blip at the players, and that can happen at the players if you go into the water all of a sudden. Your stats look a lot worse than maybe they would be in actuality at a different course. So, no one's going to be passing on Corey Connors. And look at these results. He's gotten better every year that he's played. Miscut, 46th, 10th, 8th, 6th. No reason to fade him unless he is the guy in your lineups that you think, you know what? I'll just use. I mean, I like Justin Rose this week, although it looks like he's carrying a bit of ownership right now. I mean, I love Min Woo. I have a bet on Min Woo to win. And I. Twelve percent seems even lofty for Min Woo, especially if Brooks gets going whatsoever and people start talking themselves into Brooks. So then you would have Brooks and Connors at exactly the same price as Min Wu. Min Wu could like seven, eight percent. A seven, eight percent Min Woo Lee, I like a lot. One of the best players in the field off the tee. As you can see, I me mean, at the Arnold Palmer, he drove into the water a bunch of times. That wasn't great. But everywhere else, since he started to come around, and he almost escaped his group as well at the match play. But I mean, these are legit fields at the Honda, 4.3, uh, 4.4 strokes gained off the tee. And like I said, driving distance, one of the longest players in the field, despite not being a big guy, you just need the approaches to come along for the ride. And we've seen him at the PGA Championship last year against the best players in the world where he can go bombs away. He missed the cut, but in two rounds, gained 3.2 strokes off the tee and we're not factoring anything that he has done over in Europe or at least you know what he's what he's done on the DP World Tour, because it was over in the Middle East, but he had a second and a 13th playing against a lot of some of these guys from the Live when they put on the Asian Tour event. So he's having a very good year. It's a bit underrated. I know us in the community, people who watch the show every single week, they know about Minwoo. They know they probably are holding the same 150 to 1 ticket that I am on Minwoo Lee at the moment. But if you're just kind of new to this, uh, Minwoo is a good play. Siwoo is a good play. I mean, people who use Fantasy National know about Siwoo, uh, but he is had a very good master's track record over the years we take a look i think he's made the cut every time that he's played it no he's a lot like you know discount Corey connors in this effect he broke his putter one year was putting with a five wood and still came 12th i think but he missed cut in 2017 24th 21st 34th 12th 39th beacon of consistency and if you are looking for players outside of the very top end roms and Schefflers who've been winning every single event Siwoo Kim is a winner on the PGA Tour this year. Abraham Answer actually has some pretty good lead in form. It's all live stuff, so that's not factored in to what he's been doing overall. But I believe he skipped Valero last year. Then he ended up missing the cuts. He was a bit banged up last year, but his two other starts, 26th, 13th, has a win over in the Middle East this year on the Asian Tour. The same one with Minwoo Lee when all the live guys were allowed to go play. So pretty good form for Abraham Answer. He's one of my favorite of the live guys coming in at the moment. And then if we keep going down, it seems like Keith Mitchell is going to garner some ownership from the bottom. Uh, It seems like Tom Hoagie uh, is not especially popular, but these are the guys that could pop a little bit. Danny Willett, a former winner for a friend of mine, obviously, is popping. Uh, It's also saying that Cameron Champ is going to carry some ownership. I don't believe that for a second. If he is higher than 4% owned, um, I mean, I don't want to lose all my money, but I'd be willing to wager a healthy amount on Cameron Champ because I can see people going to Coke Rack instead. I can see people going to Willett. I know Fox had a disastrous run at the Valero Texas Open. He's also a debutante. That's not great. But I can see people going to him. Bubba's actually playing pretty well on Live this week, too, only 5%. But he's only actually being generated in 1% of lineups. You can get the difference going in, and you'll be able to track this in real time if you have the Fantasy National membership at fantasynational.com slash mayo. Two other things that I want, if you like, you're into free money because who isn't into free money? That, at least that's the way that I would frame it, that there are two other things that you can do this week. If you go to League Safe, League, League Safe Locks app, uh, it's completely free to use, completely free to join. There's a tournament and there's a yes or no contest. It's called the Mayo Masters and it is completely free there's five hundred dollars in the prize pool uh just if you it'd be like is there a hole in one yes get you so many points no get you like one point or something like that whoever has the most points ends up winning so again, it's league safe locks uh you can download it on android iphone whatever it might be the link is down in the description if you want to go check that out also uh bets spurts my buddies over at bets spurts really good dudes they're running a Win an all-expenses-paid round of golf with uh, with Paige. You can go hang out with Paige for the day if you win their free pool. So I suggest that you go over to Betsports or hit the newsletter because all the details will be into the newsletter. Uh, anyone who beats Paige can win. It's free to enter as well, and it's an all-expenses-paid round trip, and you get to play at Liberty National with Paige. So our friends over at Betsports are doing that. More information, again, down in the newsletter. Completely free to join, and we'll get you those ballots in the over $1,000 in prizes and cash giveaway.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
2: It's time to talk about the model. Let's shrink this down past 24 rounds. There's many different ways that you can create your modeling this week. And is mine going to be the best? Obviously not, because I never win the million dollars at the Masters. So you can go create your own at fantasynational.com. You go to the custom stat model. Let's load this in. What do I got for the Masters right now? Strokes gained off the tee, 20%. Approach, 30%. Par fives, 5%. Strokes gained par four. You know what? I'm going to get rid of... The par fives, and since the the easiest one has been elongated this year, I'm gonna go down to par five scoring. All right, there's par four, par five, uh, five fifty to six hundred, because that's where the majority of them are going to fall now this week, and throw those in at what do I have 6%, 5%, driving distance, 10%, power fours, 450 to 500, 5%, proximity, 175 to 200, 5%, you could even boost that to over 200 because of the power fives, but I think that we have enough power five stats in there right now, so I think that we're good to go on that front. Strokes game, short game, which is a combination of around the green and putting, 10%, eagles, at 5%. Because you're not making Eagles. You're probably going to be lagging behind a little bit. And this might change with the weather. Uh, you can load in one of the harder models if you want to. Or change up what you do. Put more emphasis on short game or bogey avoidance. Or anything like that. You can always go in and customize everything that you want. So this is set to the past 24 rounds. Short term modeling going in. Not a surprise. The top three players in the field are 1, 2, and 3. Scotty, Rom, and Rory all going in i did point out though, rom's on a bad run right now for him after being unstoppable arnold palmer invitational he's the first round leader ends up coming 39th has to withdraw from the players loses in the group stage but before that he was untouchable and at the masters in his career in a bad 2022 sure he has bookend 27th 27th in his debut never missed a cut 4th ninth, 7th 5th 27th his worst finish is 27, So this might be the year for old John Rahm. I mean, you're terrified of Scheffler. You're terrified of Rory, obviously. But I'm thinking if I have to get money down on one of them, it still might be Rahm this year. We'll see where I end up going with the betting here, Because right now, all I do have is that Minwoo Lee 150 to 1. Although Victor Hovland is someone that I talked up a little bit on the DraftKings show that I really like this week. Uh, You can see the ball striking numbers have been amazing. He sucked at the match play. And the dude can't chip to save his life. This is very well known. But he can go out and score. Check out his Masters. Nothing great, but nothing bad at the same time. And he's had some rough goes on some of these holes and dug himself early holes. 27th, 21st, 32nd. Can a player like him with such a bad short game ever win at Augusta? Yes, I think that they can, because the ball striking is so good, he just needs the putter to come along. And the last time Victor missed a cut was at the Scottish, Genesis Scottish Open last July, so it's not like he's playing poor golf, he's won one of those, like, jabroni events, the, the Tiger Hero World Challenge, whatever it might be. I know that, I mean, I, can't, I don't know if I'm going to get there with Hovland actually winning, but I think that course familiarity goes a long way it's a lot like morikawa like morikawa can chip sometimes the places where he can chip historically he chips very well and we've seen him chip very well at the masters 44th 18th 5th his trend line is actually where you kind of want to be to win the masters in your fourth time around and he almost got out of his group at the match play, I believe he ended up losing in the playoff or lost two to one. He was crushing it for the two days. The, the Morikawa special. Be awesome for two days and then just kind of be mediocre for the other two. Hopefully he can get that behind him. But the ball striking is still very good. You know, can he chip, can he putt? He can always put himself out of a tournament. He can always chip himself out of a tournament. But he does have three top, four top 15s and two missed cuts to go along with him. That's his year so far. It's still... Pretty good. It's just where we put a lot of emphasis on him, and he, you know, he blew the Century Tournament of Champions. He was so good at the players until moving day when everyone went seven under, and he was like two over, and that just took himself out of the tournament. But you know, you saw it. He's been pretty good. The stats would agree. He's ninth over the past twenty four rounds, and he doesn't really fall outside of anywhere. Thomas, Hatton, Homa, and Cantley. So I'm probably not going to play Homa. I'm probably not going to play Hatton. Finau, I mean, Finao is a lot like Vic in that way where he has better Masters success over the course of his career, but the ball striking numbers have just been really, really good for him, especially on the approach. It's just he can't cobble anything together since he won in Houston during the swing season. No poor performances, but no great performances at the same time. Uh, but he's 8,900. Victor is 8500 I think I would might want to go for the savings and probably the ownership break that goes into it, too. I'm so wishy-washy on Finau at the moment. But Thomas, listen, Thomas can bust you in one of these tournaments because he's Justin Thomas, and that's just what he does. He can decide not to putt, and that's the end of him. But he, has, but he hasn't missed a cut, again, since the Scottish Open. Just the putter has been fucking frigid the entire time. But we know he has the Masters Greens on pretty good lockdown. He's had great run, never missed a cut in his career. Two top tens the past three years. Uh, let's see here hasn't finished worse than 22nd in six of his seven starts so historically the consistency has been very good for him coming in he's being a bit overlooked because he's like Morikawa in a way has just been so disappointing this year and we know the around the green game is elite he can scramble with the best and we talk about creativity getting yourself into trouble Justin Thomas is one of those guys Scotty is also one of those guys too and we saw that happen for him on his path to the green jacket a year ago but Thomas most definitely wasn't really in the mix of the players Thalaspar had two bad rounds, two good rounds. Arnold Palmer, Genesis, could have won in Phoenix, but started out just a bit too slow. So, again, hasn't been a great year, but you can see the off the tee getting better over the past three. The approach very consistent. Can he find a putter? Well, he's done it before at the Masters in terms of figuring out the greens. Why not again? So, other guys that rate out very highly. Xander, there's Dustin, although that's not pulling from anything current. Uh, having a good run in Live Orlando at the moment. The Live guys are just going to be gut feel, I think. For players who have done it before at this course, maybe they come in in decent form, which would be the Niemans and Answers of the world, or just your historically good players at this tournament. Bubba, Sergio, uh, just Dustin Johnson. I'm going to use Dustin Johnson. Obviously, he's the best live player in my mind, at least. Uh, maybe Cameron Smith is probably the best at the moment, but Dustin is, you know, pretty quality as well on the same level and he's just a lot cheaper I mean you see Cam Smith is 9900 or 9800 Dustin Johnson's 8800 I'll take the thousand dollars worth of savings for the former Masters champion who you know, I, I think he's really only geared himself up for four events that's what he's doing now Zala Torres his numbers are n- not skewed as of yet but it's funny that he's still been able to prevail even through the injury it's just I don't know where his status is Taylor Moore is a debut top but he's been playing excellent golf for what we want to see at Augusta National Mito's also Debutant. I love Justin Rose. I might end up betting on Justin Rose. He's another one who has a win already this year. Obviously, he has a tremendous lineage of success at the Masters, losing in that playoff to Sergio. But even over the years, he's just been so good. You see all the top ten finishes. He missed the cut a year ago, but that's frankly not typical for him. And you can see the approach play has been tremendous. He skipped the match play to focus on this, and if this can come through at all, I know these are shorter courses. TPC Sawgrass and uh, Copperhead for the Valspar, sorry, and the Players' Championship. But him gaining strokes off the tee, that is, you can see the numbers in front of you. That's something new. He lost strokes off the tee at Pebble and still won that week. So if he can just be around field average a little bit above off the tee and continue to have that excellent approach play for him. I just think he's a nice pivot play. I think he might be a nice outright bet with the history that goes along with it, especially if the weather's not as great, where the winning score doesn't need to be minus 16, minus 17. If we can get one of those minus 9, minus 10, minus 11 years, I feel like Justin Rose should be firmly in the mix uh, because he's not quite at that age where he's a write-off yet, but he's getting closer to it. He only has so many more of these left in him to go through. We take a look at who are the worst guys in this field, Per the modeling, um, I mean, the guys who we have no stats on, Kisner is like $6,200. $6, he also rates out horribly at this course. Of the guys that you might want to play, Horschel, terrible numbers. Mac Hughes, terrible numbers. Aaron Wise is not a debutante He actually has a T-17 at his only start at Augusta National a few years ago. Moronk is a bit different. Because he does the majority of his work on the DP World Tour, so everything that gets factored in for him, he only has 20 qualified rounds, and they're usually at the US Open, Scottish Open Championship, Bermuda, for whatever reason, Uh, and then two decent performances this year, you can see the approach play, but he had two really horrendous approach play tournaments, so that's really affecting his numbers, and some of those were two years ago. (laughs) So you might want to put more stock into what he has been doing recently rather than what he did two years ago. Uh, Champ has just been outright bad, but you see the driving distance still third, still top 30 and strokes gained off the tee. Harmon's another one with very bad stats of guys we need, just like, need to dig a little bit deeper on. Uh, when you get to guys down in the $6,000 range, their overall ranking doesn't really make that big of a difference. What you want to look for are guys that excel in certain areas. Do they pop anywhere? Like you see, Seb Straka, fifth in this field. Par force, 450 to 500 yards, despite playing terrible golf. Still 21st in approach. It's just the rest of his game that absolutely sucks. When he misses the green, he's absolutely screwed. and makes bogey or worse. But that would be a key point for him. Just like, hey, that's pretty good. Nas numbers, he ranks first in approach, or first in proximity from 175 to 200. Sixth in approach, but these numbers are Lord knows from when. He's he's enjoying to live. So... His last numbers are from his back-to-back miscuts at the Open and U.S. Open. After that, it was the Colonial from last year. So that's almost a year ago. So you can't put much weight into the numbers that you're getting. It's not like we're getting decent numbers at a live. It's like, oh, how many greens and regulation did you hit at this course where everyone hits green and regulation? It doesn't tell me anything. Uh, Champ, the driving distance is super good. Kokrak, his driving distance is going to be up there as well. What is this? Eagles gain for J.T. Poston. Okay, that's about it, though. Gary Woodland, driving distance, and strokes gained off the tee. Feel like uh, old Gary has not been very good at Augusta during the course of his career. Miscut, cut, 40th. miscut, cut, 32nd. miscut, cut, miscut, cut, missed cut, 26th and 24th. So, over a decade ago, he finished inside the top 25. Hasn't done that any time over the past 11 years. So, maybe in not his best season, we don't go to someone like that. So, what I want to do now... Is this the baseline modeling that I have thrown in? What I want to do is build a mixed condition model. And this is one of the features of FantasyNational.com. Again, FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. 20% off any membership level. What you do to put anything in. Because I want to use my rankings that I have right now over the past 24 rounds. So you add a column to your mixed condition. So what do I want to use? I want to use my rank. So my rank of all these stats into one over the last 24 rounds. We can choose to weight that. Rankings model. Oh, that's almost an M. There we are. And we're going to add that to our mixed condition model. Now we're going to switch back over to putting. Putting is such a feel game, especially for how fast these greens are at Augusta National and the experience that you can get on them. Some guys get on there like these are perfect. Like, I I, again, I can't figure out how Will Zalatoris and Corey Connors can navigate these greens. But for whatever reason, because they're so fast, I think it mitigates how bad of a putter some guys are as crazy as that is. Like you know, they, they hit it through all the brakes anyway. So they, they can't even do that this time around. They have to slow down their stroke a little bit and get it on the right line. Their lag putting has been absolutely tremendous. So there are two things that I want to look at here. I want to go down the left-hand side of the screen and go to green speed lightning and fast are the two that I want to use as we try to separate this out. So, you don't get very many turns. Let's take a look at Scotty Scheffler. The tournaments where you have lightning fast and fast greens. The, so far this season, the players, two rounds of the Arnold Palmer Invitational that were weighted that way. It's above a certain number on the stint meter. The Genesis, all four, two of them in Houston, or two of them in Phoenix, one of them in Houston. CJ Cup had them, Tour Championship had them. So a pretty good sample of... F- Fast to the fastest that you're going to find and the masters is the fastest that you are going to find. So let's throw that in. we're gonna take an average. It's funny because Scotty kind of sucks on these greens, but Scotty is kind of a shitty putter anyway. That's the funny part. He's still winning these tournaments which is the crazy thing. Wins the players, he gained 0.1 strokes on the green. He was field average, fourth at the Arnold Palmer, lost a stroke to the field. Usually when you see a lot of these guys and they're winning tournaments and they're during this big run, you can even see it with Scotty's wins last year when he went through that great run. Yeah, in Phoenix, 6.5. Arnold Palmer, 4.3. At the Masters, he did gain a bunch. The match play, he gained a bunch. That's not the case this year. He has been bad on the greens. His ball striking has just been out of this world. And listen, Good putting can overcome bad ball striking some of the time. Good ball striking with average putting will win you tournaments. It usually doesn't work the other way around unless you break records for how well you're putting. But these are just on the fast and lightning greens, the best putters in the field on this speed of green. Rom Burns, Homa, Wise, Cam Smith, your top five. Bryson, Day, Fitz, Tyrell, Atten, and Tom Hoagie, your next five. Hey, Freddie Couples is in there as well. Good for Fred Couples. So what we're going to do is factor this in so we're going to add that in we're going to say strokes game putting last 24 rounds fastest greens so we're going to add that in so now we're going to try something different to see if we have enough of a sample to make this legitimate at all because these are pure bent grass greens we haven't seen any bent grass on the PGA Tour, pure bent grass since the year started so i'm curious now to know when i click on sheffler how back this goes so the first one that he had played in that is pure bent on lightning fast greens the bmw championship last year during the fedex cup playoffs before that st georges in toronto for the rbc canadian open charles schwab at colonial byron nelson so then the bmw the year before so we're back to 2021 that might make it not the greatest so we have one of two things that we can factor into this we can we can wait this one a little bit so let's do that we're going to say past 24 rounds lightning fast plus bent grass And overall strokes game putting. So last 24 bent plus fastest is what we're going to throw into fa fa That's how my son would say it. should put the T in there so it makes some sense. You don't need to spell it correctly, by the way. That's just how I am choosing to go through it. So we're going to add that one in. Now we're going to turn off fast and lightning as a part of this. And we're just going to go pure bent grass greens and see if that gives us a little bit different uh, of a way to. So Cantlay all of a sudden becomes the best. We take a look at Cantlay. What are we using for bent grass greens? Uh, let's see. Summerlin at the Shriners. BMW Championship. Detroit for Rocket Mortgage. The Memorial is one that sneaks in here. It's funny that the Memorial, I guess Shefford may not have played it. Because uh, those would be like lightning fast. We've just seen a lot of good crossover between Memorial putting and Augusta putting. Because, you know, Jack designed it's very close to Augusta in some of the way that the greens are actually laid out and they generally play at the same speed. Another spot where John Rahm and Patrick Cantley have both had a lot of success throughout the course of their careers. So we're going to add this one into so past 24 rounds on average per round Cantley, Keegan, Finau, Rahm, Homa, Rom and Homa keep popping up in all these ones. And this is just Ben. This has nothing to do with speed. Burns, Rose, Norren, Rory, Hovland are your best. Then you have Svensson. Svensson, bent and fast greens, apparently, are absolutely his jam. So these ones are just bent, past 24 rounds, strokes game putting, last 12, just bent. Just get bent, pal, is what I want to say to whoever the worst is in this number. Bernhard Longer, hardly knew you. Oh, that's cute. Ryan Fox, my guy, is down there on that list. Only, what is that, eight rounds of real played 24 rounds, but most of them are not weighted because it's the Open. It's you know, the, the Chinese event in 2018. He hasn't put it on bent on a PGA Tour since the U.S. Open in 2020. So I uh, wouldn't put much, much stock into those specifics. Sometimes you do need to dig in a little bit more to make sure that there is some sort of context to the numbers that you're looking at. Are these still the same players? Who knows? We don't know. We don't know. And it's funny because Morakawa has putted well on these greens and chipped well on these greens. He also chipped and putted, I believe, pretty well, at Memorial. He won the work day that was there, uh, during COVID, and then he lost in a playoff to Cantley at Memorial. Yeah, and that was the year he putted he putted very poorly, then putted really well. It's funny, it's the same thing at Genesis. He had the minus six point seven, then six point eight gained. Um, at Riviera, like that's a huge swing. It's a 14-stroke swing on just on the greens year over year, uh, and we saw that in Memorial too. So we started to figure them out a little bit. Did not have a great go last year. It was mainly the chipping where he had been very good previously to that. But again, as I've said in these numbers, we'll showcase that there for you. That when Morikawa doesn't chip or putt himself out of a tournament, you know, he's going to come inside the top three. <laughs> so you have to cross your fingers and pray it's not one of those weeks. So let's put that in. So that's how the mixed condition model. Sorts itself out at the moment. So we want to unlock the value of this. We do want to weight the rankings more than anything else, because we don't want to put all of this overemphasis on putting. Uh, so let's weight this at like 75%, or even just say, yeah, 75%, 77%, 75%. There we go. That seems pretty good. And we'll weight the rest at 8%. Maybe we want to go to 70%, weight the other three at 10% apiece. You can weight these any way you want. You can add more things into this mixed condition model if you want to. But when we load in our results, who is the best when it comes to the overall numbers that we're looking at? Plus the putting. It's funny, even with the horrible putting, Scheffler is still number one in these rankings. It's very similar to what we have seen. It's still... Actually, that's the My Rank button. There we go. So the My Rank overall when we include putting. Rom, Homa, Cantley, Finau, Hatton. Rory, Hovland, Scheffler, Day, DJ, Rose, Xander, Taylor Moore. Really? Wow. Man, for a debut Tom, maybe he actually is a pretty good look. Sungjae, Keegan, you probably don't want to use Keegan at the Masters. Never really had a good go at this tournament over the course of his career. Thomas, Keith Mitchell, Cam Young, Cam Smith, Morikawa, Spieth, Bryson, Kirk, Neiman, Fleetwood, Svensson, and Svensson's mainly from all those putting numbers. Uh, who else gets elevated by the putting numbers? Sam Burns, although it seems like he's shaken. Whatever was wrong with him. Uh, and he did it pretty well. Taylor Moore coming in. He won Valspar. But yeah, he's just been playing good golf. Even in the elevated events. Nothing crazy, but top 40s in both. Had the run of three straight top 20. He actually has like the numbers that would showcase like someone who could win here. The only thing really working against him, he's never played at Augusta National in a competitive event. I can't speak to anything else. But it is nice to see uh, Victor hop over Scotty, uh, you know, if you need justification for any of these things. The guys that rate up very poorly in these numbers, actually, you know what we can throw into this? Let's let's run one more thing. You can go down the right-hand side. We're going to go back to strokes gained. Just strokes gained overall. We'll use strokes gained total for this because we don't have the per number stuff. And you can do this for any of the numbers, uh, driving distance, par four scoring, par five scoring, whatever it might be. We're just going to go to Augusta National, GC. Just isolate that course by itself. And we're just going to get numbers from the past 12 rounds played overall. So max the last past three years. If someone skipped an event, then we can go back a little bit further. Well, we don't have any of the numbers for approach or... Because they're all proprietary. That's why we can't get our hands on them. What we can have is strokes gain total. And we can average that out. And if you want to bake in course history... This is a way to bake in course history. So you're per round leaders over the past 12 rounds. Over the past three times, each of these guys have come to the course. Now, obviously, if they missed the cut twice. You know, then the past five years of when they come, you understand what I'm talking about here. These are per round strokes gain total. Zawa Torres, Cam Smith, Scheffler, DJ Hideki. Those are your top five. Now, you can go back a little bit longer if you want to. You can go shorter if you want to. But this is something that we can add into the mixed condition model, too. So we can call that strokes gain total. We can go last 12 course history that's almost how you spell history of course hiss like a snake so we can add that in now uh connors rory rom thomas shane lowry are up there as well. i can't believe lowry is that high i know lowry came third last year just in my mind he's been terrible at the masters i know like i said came third it's pretty good but yeah past wow 25th 21st third You want to talk about a guy who can't putt to save his life. Like, good lord. It has been truly horrendous on the green. The one time that he putted well was the one week where he couldn't drive or hit an approach. Always how it goes, right? The guy you need to finally make a putt makes putts, but he's putting for bogey because he hit into the water, which is something he doesn't normally do. Maybe I should give more lenience to Lowry here, that Rose Lowry Lange instead of Fleetwood and continue to use Minwoo, whatever it might be. Uh, Morikawa and Minwoo, Min 1.3 per round on the gain. Same as Taylor Gooch and Cameron Champ. Gooch has played this once. And that is a sample of three years for Cameron Champ. He's higher than Sungjay And Sungjay's three years that he's played here. So worth noting on that end, we factored that in. And like I said, you can just continue to isolate by Augusta National. And you can go into any of these, like the par 3 efficiency. If you want to see who plays well and who doesn't play well on the par 3s from each of the ranges, we have those numbers. So on average, the guys that gain the most on the par 3s, Hoagie, Poston, four rounds, two rounds. After that, Cam Smith, Thomas. Morikawa, DJ. Generally guys that hit their longer irons really well. You see Scheffler up there as well. So you can continue to add all of these in. Uh, I would think that par 4 efficiency is probably going to be the thing that matters the most uh, when you're trying to tread water or make a move. And you can see the guys that kind of pop up every year, they're the ones who do well. So let's add that in as well. So last 12 Masters par 4 average. And we'll put in SG Power 4. And we'll add that to the mixed condition model. Now we can go back. And we can rejig everything. So we probably don't need to. We'll keep those all at 10. we'll decrease the modeling to 45. And apparently it's now 30. Uh, masters course history. Let's make that 25%. And we're going to make the power 4 scoring average 15%. And we're going to shrink all of the puttings down to eight. And that will make 36 for the ranking. So... You can see it on the screen right now. The model is 36, course history 25, the par 4 average at Augusta only, 15, and then 8, 8, and 8 for all of the putting ranges that we're looking at. The lightning fast, the bent grass, bent grass only, everything like that. And we'll see how everything shakes out. You can see the individual rankings in each of those numbers. But in terms of the overall weighting, it's ROM number one, ROM, Cantley, Rory, Scotty, Dustin. Okay. Who are the best of the worst players? Rose and Kevin Na. But again, the Kevin Na numbers, I mean... They, they continue to kind of pop out i wish he was playing better on the live tour uh, and you can sort these by salary range too so when you kind of take a look you see Speeth does not rate out all that well he's still number twentieth, so he rates out fine uh homa and morikawa both don't do as well now morikawa's is almost entirely putting related as you can see and justin thomas is ninth even with all of the terrible putting you can see spieth's putting numbers are no great shakes either he's just very average across the board homa he gets factored in. He gets really dinged when you take a look at how he has done at the Masters over the years. So it depends on how you want to weight them. You can make those any way that you want. I would highly encourage you to go in and screw around with this. Uh, Cam Young doesn't rate out well. Neither does Burns. Hideki's like 24th. Just trying to find guys who rate out really well that might maybe are down in the pricing. Sung Jae, Lowry, Hatton, and Rose all inside the top 15. Abraham answer number 21. Wu is number 52 because he has very few stats to actually go off of. But 22nd for answer is a pretty nice look. Taylor Moore still 17th. Maybe Taylor Moore is going to get, end up getting a lot of buzz this week. Kevin Na, number 12 at $6,500. He is the best one of that bunch. Other than that, it's Champ at 41. Sheamus Power at 39. Tom Hoagie at 34. When we're looking strictly at these numbers, Louie just lost in a playoff on the Live Tour like two weeks ago. He's 27th in these numbers, only 72 hundred dollars so there's different ways that you can shake this out uh in different ways that you can look at it and that's what i would recommend that you do like you need to go with your convictions this week especially for your DraftKings line if you're going to need the guy who wins you're going to need the guy who comes in second I already mentioned that but you can't just use all of the most popular guys use four of the most popular guys but you need to find the hidden gem somewhere and you can go with me and use justin rose who might even not be all that hidden or victor hovland or min lee whoever it might be cameron champ is Champ and Moronk are probably going to be my separators from the group, and we'll see where their ownership shakes out. Maybe it's someone different from you. Maybe it is Louis, who no one really wants to go to. Or maybe it's a different type of build that Tambo and I are going to talk through on the Wednesday show, and you can try to think of different ideas off those different ideas. Probably the best way to do it. But... Using the tools at Fantasy National, I always find, is the best way to make myself unique. So you can do FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to get 20% off any level. Help just get the weekly. And I'm giving away two free Fantasy National memberships as a part of the giveaway with the $600 that I'm doing as well. The issue is that you need to do all the ballot draws, the Apple review, sub to the newsletter, all that stuff to get your ballots. But in order to win the free year of Fantasy National, you need to already be a Fantasy National member, all right? So that's going to do it on the Pat Mayo Experience Research Show. I hope you got a lot from that. We're going to have all of the picks scattered each of the next three days then recap, then cut sweat, then recap, then recap. It's going to be great as we try to project forward. It's my favorite week of the year. I know it's some of your favorite weeks of the year as well. So please tune in to the Pat Mayo experience all week long. Leave us those ratings and review. This is all completely free content. And this is what we ask from you guys to help us out a little bit, try to vault us up on the Apple charts, on the podcast charts. Maybe, just maybe, we can be the number one betting and fantasy sports podcast in the world we're very close on in a general week masters week we got up to second in the world last year because no one can beat the fantasy footballers my pals but it'd be nice to do that at least once uh during the course of the year because masters week we want to own it it's such a big part of me and the community who watches this show so if you're brand new welcome to the fold we'd love to have you all year but if, even if it's just this week welcome all right smash the like sub to the channel while you are here and i will see you next time